What is this behavior? Do you want it? You're dying for it. Boyoy! It's Almas here and welcome to the What Is This Behaviour podcast, a show where three London-based South Asian creators speak to South Asian people around the world who are going against the grain. The hosts are me, Almas Badat, Aaron Christian and Ruben Christian, and we release an episode every other week. In this episode, we speak to Nikita Chohan, CEO and founder of music management and live event service, Translate NC. I love this episode because I learned that Nikita is bold and asks for what she wants. Over the course of our chat, she also shares the day-to-day reality of what life is like as a CEO, getting her foot in the BBC, how she overcame a challenging colleague dynamic, and what it's like navigating the African music space as a South Asian woman. There's so much in this conversation, and from start to finish, this is a fantastic episode. Enjoy What Is This Behaviour with Nikita Chohan. What is this behaviour? Anyone from ENDS is a hustler, man. If I was a negotiator, do you know, actually, my negotiator right now on property talks is my dad. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, 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 because he's risk averse and he's really serious about stuff and all his life he's been building towards this moment to just like fight. For and me. you trust him. He's got your best interests at heart. This is That's it, what man. you need oh, for a negotiator. Sorry, Nikita. Hello. <laughs> Hi, morning. Happy Monday. <laughs> Happy Monday. How's everyone's Monday? Oh, yeah. this is a good question. Go on, Ruth. Mon- All right. Monday energy is an interesting energy, isn't it? Like, I don't know many people that are happy on Mondays. Or maybe t- towards the end of a Monday, you're happy because you're celebrating the end of the Monday. But during the Monday, like from 9 a.m. till about 3 p.m., it's usually stress brain for me. Like I've done a whole heap of different things. I've been running from admin brain to creative brain to like household chore brain. And it's only 1.15. So my mind's done a lot, but I'm feeling like, okay, I'm feeling like an ease into the Monday right now. That's my answer. Nakia, right back mm. at you. It's a Monday, isn't it? And you know what? I okay, I look at Mondays like um my approach to Monday is oh, it's the start of the week, but I'm also like go, 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 like this is time to hit everyone off for what you need to do, da da da. But I just feel like this Monday's been a bit hectic because um yeah, I just feel like everyone's a little bit tired. So I'm dealing with a lot of people who are tired, burnt out, and literally not feeling 100%. So I'm just being a bit more like easy than I normally would. I'd be like, no, what's this? What's this going on? Da, 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 da. But Monday's yeah. good. Um, I just feel like, my, I don't know if you do this, but I start my weeks and date like by, okay, what's happening? So Tuesday, there's an event. Wednesday, I'm flying out. Thursday in Amsterdam. That's how I plan. Like, I don't look at like a Monday, Tuesday. It's like I do it by what's happening that week, like what diary's saying and what other pin. And I don't know if that's a good way because I don't look at like Monday, like a Monday, but I'm trying to because I don't have a weekend. Otherwise, I'll literally be working all the way through. So I was really like, this is why I put my phone on D&D. Like on Saturday, I was like, D&D, rest. I need to rest. And I rarely do that. But now I feel like this time of the year, I feel like I do it more than ever. So what does, in the world of Nikita, what does this week look like? What does this week look like? Okay, so today there's a show. So go to a show. Um, So you're going to a show. Is this social or is this work? I don't don't really know if I ever go out social anymore. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, oh wow! <laughs> no, it's um, so there's a, a producer Pierre Bourne's in town, so going to his show. Really excited. I'm actually a fan, like first and foremost. But also, you know what it's like. You go, you know each other, because mm. his manager's amazing as well, Brian. So go to a show. Monday, wake up. To do list has just got bigger. So the one that I did on Sunday's already got like triple. Oh, you're setting up Monday on the Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Yeah, because I'm like right. out of my head and it's on paper. Okay, this is what I'm gonna do, this is what I've got to chase. Tomorrow we've got an event, um, Sarko DA, um, a rapper from Ghana would we'll do if you're around, you guys should come. I'll send you the details. We've got um a showcase. Let's get Nikia on every Monday. No, Let's, no, no, no. So then we can get we can we can also populate our when our evenings on the week. Yeah. <laughs> Sarko DA events and Texas DJing who I manage. Um Cafe Coco, um, but during the day I've got an artist in town, so I'm doing the little PR for them. Um, so yeah, got a press room with them as well. Wednesday, go to Amsterdam, some meetings in Amsterdam. Thursday, Gil is doing boiler room at Amsterdam. Um, and then I'm toying with staying an extra day on the Friday to actually like be social and see friends that live in Amsterdam. So that's my Monday to Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben, Ruben, let's rethink like what we're actually doing with our lives. <laughs> You're making me anxious. Let me take a breath. Well, I'm at a constant state of anxiety. <laughs> Seriously, we could talk about Okay, that. let's breathe like, together. Let's, say, let's just breathe together. Yeah, right. An inhale in and an exhale. <laughs> it's a breathe laugh. All yeah. right. So what, are we, what is this? Um, are we comparing weeks? Because, I mean, I can start running my week by All right, so Let me have a quick look at her. <laughs> Let's go so, so today, yeah, I've done meetings with lawyers. How about that? I put a wash on. A wash on <laughs> on a Monday morning. Don't disrespect me. Wow. Um, I've got this podcast. And then after this, I've still got some more admin to do. Um, <laughs> tomorrow, I'm hosting an online gig for uh, a client that I've mentioned many times in past episodes. So I'm not even going to bother doing it now. I want to know. Um, I, I'm hosting Outspoken at the South Bank on Wednesday the twenty first, twenty third. Amazing! No, that's 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 no prep was on Wednesday. Hosting it on the Thursday, and then on Friday I've just got some admin meetings. Oh, actually, this is just dead compared to yours, Nikia. Just, <laughs> just, just not doing enough. <laughs> you what? Sorry. Work is work, life is life. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's hard though when it when it when it gets mixed up, right? Like when your social life does become work where is the boundary right. can you even appreciate the social life if it's mixed into work okay so so nikita this is is this an average week in your world i want to say no but i feel like it has become the average kind of okay. like um but each week differs right so each week there's something different going on because the blessing is I get to do so many different things and work with so many different artists, producers, DJs, and in different capacities. But um, yeah, I just think, even when I think, oh, it's gonna be a bit of a quiet time, some, I, it, maybe it's me, oh, let's do this. Let me just stop mm -hmm. something in that like week that there isn't a thing. So for example, in October, um, a client of mine had, we did a festival, right, and we did, two events around the festival. So it was a launch party, the pop-up, the festival, festival, crazy, chaotic, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I was like, oh, it'll calm down. But then we ended up doing another event for a launch. 
then this week I'm doing another event. And I'm like, <laughs> but I can see, I, but my mind's already like, well, before the year's out, it'd be really nice to do like something that celebrates so many. And I'm like, I don't know, it's it's just me. I create it, but I enjoy it and I thrive in it. Um, but I do feel like the only way I'll take a break or have like a peaceful week is like going home and seeing family or getting on a flight and just being out of the country. That's the only yes. way I'll create some balance. Yeah. Okay. And so this leads on to my next question, which is, what the hell do you do? I was going to say. What is your job? Frame it for us. Yeah, because someone has, we've just launched straight in. If you're listening right now, Nikita jumped on the chat and we literally hit record and it's been a check-in. <laughs> What's the week saying? And now the question is, what do you do that is driving this lifestyle? Okay, so um, I'm CEO founder of Translate NC, which is an artist and talent management hub um but then we also have the creative consultancy and marketing side so um i founded the company in 2018 and my first clients were mr easy and dj semtex since then um, <laughs> <laughs> he's in a game um since then the roster's expanded so now our current roster includes guilty beats dj semtex show them camp Twitch Forever, Day on the Track, and then on the consultancy, marketing, and PR side, we run um, projects with the likes of people that work with French Montana, Dot the Genius, um, Sarko Da, who I just mentioned, Michael Brun, NBA, NFL. Um, so, yeah, but it's weird because when people say, what do you do? And it's that thing of like, I just don't do one thing, but I would say the core of an essence of it is, is marketing, like um, marketing and management. Um, but management is like how it all began and my main focus. For music artists or people working, working within the music industry, at least? DJs, producer and artist. So Semtex, DJ, producer, artist. Um, Guilty Beats, DJ, producer, artist. Show Them Camp, artist. Twitch Forever, Down the Track, artist as well. Amazing. Okay. All right, all right. So that's where you're at right now. And I know from back in the day, seeing you working with Semtex like ages and ages ago, were you doing the same thing? Were you marketing then with, Sem with Semtex or for Semtex? No, so um, I was working at the BBC. So um, I started working at the BB BBC across radio. So it started with Asian Network. Um, and how it started, do you want me to like tell you the details? Yeah, of course. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Just give us a top line bio. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, okay. So I started, um, long story short, went uni, decided, got my degree, got a job. Where did you go yet. uni? Oxford Brooks. Okay. Nice. And what degree? Business and international finance. Come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, got a job. Uh, my main goal was move to London. So got a job and from? I was like, this is not for me. So from uh, where? left my job, um, told my family. <laughs> where did you where did you move to London from? Derby. Der is that where you grew oh, up? Right. Yeah. Hometown. Okay. Were there any brown people in Derby when you were growing up? Yeah, there were, yeah, okay, so I think I was really fortunate because um, obviously my grandparents, like, they, they, that's where my grandparents came to England and that's where they set up their home, which is Derby, okay. so they had that community, but Derby's really multicultural. There are parts of Derby that are not so, like, um, diverse, but I was really fortunate that I kind of was around, like, brown people from early. Okay. 
Okay, so you've got Nikita growing up in Derby around the Brown community, gone to uni to study business and international finance. International finance. Okay. And then you were like, I need to move to London. Yeah, I was just like, I can't stay in Derby. I need to move. And I've always had my heart set on moving to London. So I was like, right, let me get a job. So I got a job in like a software company in sales because I was like, whatever, just get me there and I'll figure it out. Wow, okay. And then I was there for like eight to nine months. And then I was like, hmm, this is not for me. Um, So I quit. And it was actually at promotion time. So it was like, oh, you're up for promotion. You're going to get the, you know, all the perks. And I was like... I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. So, and where, where were you living when you first got to London? What was your first, like, experience of living in London? Where was I living? North London, like, between okay. Finchley. Um, so that when I was working there, yeah, in Finchley, um, I was very north for a long time. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I quit. Then I said to my family, I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to quit and I want to go into music and I'm just going to figure it out. And it was a friend of mine that I was living with at the time. And like, I've been obsessed with music from an early age, but I decided to go study radio production at Point Blank. Whilst I was there, learn how to DJ. Um, and I would do- You DJ? Uh, yeah, I used to like DJ through my own parties. Um, no way. Yeah. I'd have to do a cheeky back-to-back one day. I'm not DJing in ages, but I was, I've been joking about this like the last few weeks. I was like, oh, maybe I should DJ. <laughs> yes. If you love music, yeah, yeah, man. If it's still in there, man, even in like little social settings, like your own house party or whatnot, man, just reconnect with it. Like, I think he's on the orcs. That's my thing. I'll be like, exactly. Orcs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. So then, and I was just literally like any experience I could get, interning, etc. Started doing a radio show between Roundhouse um, at Roundhouse called the Soul Diaries, and then um, I applied for a, I think it was an internship at Resident Advisor. But what they saw on there that they liked was a podcast side of things. So I went to live in Berlin for three months and did their podcast. Um, which was As in, a- you produced their podcast. You took a podcasting course produce their podcast so oh, wow. with that. no podcast production experience prior no i was producing yourself radio in. before okay right radio like yeah so i was producing radio um and i had my own show at the time as well so yeah i went to berlin lived there for three months came back went back to Derby for a little bit and i was like i need to get back to london um so I took a part-time job so this is me i like i was like i need to obviously make money right so i took a part-time job in a call center and I was really lucky with the manager I had at the time because I was in at London. No, in Derby. In Derby, right. And then um, shout out Gov, um, who manages the Bangles. He got me in to go shadow a show, BBC Asian Network, Yassar. And I remember there was someone called Hamza and Heather there. Hamza was the assistant producer. Heather was the producer. And I was just like, you know what? Asking questions. Have you thought about this? Like, I was just really intrigued before that i did have a mentor adele cross at bbc um, she produced trevor nelson at the time and i remember saying to her all i need to do is get my foot in the bbc i need to get my foot in the door and when i get my foot in the door my life's gonna change i don't even know what made me say that but i just felt it so went to shadow the show heather was like come in i'm gonna teach you how to use the systems and she was working at a company called wise buddha at the time so she taught me how to use the systems and then I became a freelancer and I started script writing for the Asian download chart. And um, I did which that. Means, which means what? What, do, what does a script writer for the Asian download chart Is that like top do? of the pops? 
so it's basically it's like Asian pop. 40, yeah so so like you know the you have we have the official chart so the Asian download chart is like the top 40 um and when I say script writing like I'd have to find like facts for the presenter to read because okay. like, like it's 30 to 40 tracks like you're gonna have to wow. it's a lot to remember yes so um started writing the script for that and then I started assistant producing on Candyman and DJ Limelight then I became assistant producer on Download Chart and um yeah like I was on probation Cans and Limes are amazing so I got to work with them that was really fun and I remember on the first like show that I was doing I was a bit like nervous so I was like right I've got to make an impact and, I, and they liked me like they they were so positive about that that Paul at the time was like you know we'd like to continue doing you doing the show and I was like amazing but then the show what happens you have to pitch for shows via production companies in the BBC and they went to a different production company called something else I was gutted I was so yeah. gutted because I loved you know when you just like I remember I was on their um shows like let's do this thing called face off or something I can't remember I think it was like where they each pick a song from an artist and it goes to vote you know because they have the banter so for me I was yes. like, I'm on something I need to create something or make some form of impact. And I don't know, that's always been in me from early. So something it went to something else, really good to then um, looking back, I was like, gosh, I was a little bit audacious doing this. I was like, I want to get back on their show. So I was like, I, I emailed the person who pitched for it. They were like, oh, we already got the staff. I was like, Paul, I really want to work on the show. Paul luckily spoke to Chloe. I then went to have like an interview meeting with Chloe from something else at the time. That went well, and then I was offered to assistant produce on Edu and Semtex's show. And yeah, so from there, I started assistant producing them. And then when I think within three to four months in that time, the producer for Edu's show, David, David Ackerson, an amazing human, he proper taught me the ropes. Like he'd be like, hey, try this, try that, go give. The... And I remember Edu will always joke, like the first few um shows i just be there typing away really quiet never on my phone because i'm like for me get the job done get the job done and then um it slowly i started like you know getting out of your shell and then like well, what about this what about that and then um yeah three to four months later i became their producer amazing and, then, and yeah go on it, it, it sounds like you were clear that you wanted to be in the world of music, mm -hmm. but you weren't necessarily clear where you might land or where you might really enjoy. Yeah. And it's been like, you've been like a chaotic bouncy ball bouncing <laughs> around the music industry, picking up knowledge, picking up con like um, contacts as well, and then ending up forming what it is you formed here with Translate NC. Is that kind of correct? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, right, so I thought I wanted to present and be a DJ and all, like, that was what I went to. facing stuff. Yeah, so for me, but then I realised, like, when you go into things, like, you don't know what you don't know, right? All I know is I love mm. music. When I started producing both Edu and Semtex, firstly, it was, like, my introduction to African music. Um, before that, obviously, yeah, I listened to Body Sat for Black Coffee, but then I was finding out about the whole continent because he's so he knows everything like he'll be like this song is sampled duh, 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 duh. this is from this part duh, duh, duh. it was in dj edu yeah like yes. his knowledge is insane and i just remember i used to love going in on sundays and just listening to the music i was like i enjoy going to work on a sunday like and then even with semtex like it was incredible just seeing like i remember one of the first things i produced for with him was the skepta konnichiwa interview and i was like this is insane like 
but you're a fan of this music and you get to have these great experiences and you're part of these amazing moments. And I just remember being like, okay, so what can we do? So with Edu, I was like, right, let's do Vader Veils. At the same time, I started sitting on the playlist committee at One Extra. And yeah, and from there, it just kind of built into, I don't, I, I really believe like anything for you shall never pass you. So you have to go through these journeys to understand where you're meant to be in life. And I think for me, my one thing that I knew was that I love music. I want to be with the music, but I think having these experiences taught me I wasn't bothered about being at the forefront of it. For me, I just loved working with people and bringing the best of them out. But I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't have had this journey, I think. Right. That was like the most amazing thing. And then whilst I was at BBC, I ended up meeting Mr. Easy, then started working with him and manage, uh, managing him with Dragos. And then, yeah, I think 2018, I was like, I am setting up my own company. Because I kind of hit, like, I was like, where can I go within radio? And what is my passion? And I realised, like, yeah. And I was really blessed to work with amazing managers at the time. So, and have people around me that mentored, still do mentor me and, like, can bounce ideas off and gave me that belief. I remember on my last show with Ed, I was like, am I making the right decision? Like, oh my God, I'm leaving the security of the BBC. Mm. And he's like, no, you've got this. And even talking to Sam, Sam was like, yeah, do it, set up your own thing. You're already doing it. Because at the time I was like working at um, BBC, producing the Spotify Who We Be podcast that Semtex did the first two seasons of. So we launched that. And it's just that thing of like, you don't know what you don't know. And for me, the biggest lesson has been is like, you're not confined by roles or vision. It's about how far you want to take it. That you don't know what you don't know, Nikita, is such great advice, man. I think we've touched on it on a previous pod episode earlier on in the What Is This Behaviour journey. And we, we covered this thing called the unknown unknowns or the unknown unknown. Have you heard of that concept? And Mass, does that ring any bells? The unknown <clears throat> unknown. All right, so there's things that we know and there's things that we don't know, that, that we know we don't know. Like there's things we know and there's things that we know we don't know. But there's also things that we don't know that we don't know. That is the unknown unknown. And to work towards getting into that unknown unknown more often is really, really helpful because that's where a lot of opportunity lies outside our realm of awareness in regard to what our possibilities are, what our capabilities are, you know? So for you to go into A, the unknown, and then realize there's more unknowns there that helped you land this uh, this career path is, is excellent. And I think for anyone that is thinking about what they want to do and they're not sure, just know that the unknown unknown exists. And the more you get into the unknown, which is the first stage, will you get to the unknown unknown. I mean, it's a bit complicated, but it's like when you really understand this concept, it's so helpful. And when I look back at my journey and even what I'm doing now, I'm constantly saying, okay, Rubes, if you're scared of something, that's a good thing. Go into the unknown because there's going to be possibility there that you have no clue about right now, but you have to take that jump of faith to get into it. So thank you for sharing that, Nikki. I think that's really helpful as a reminder to me as an artist exploring, but also our listeners, depending on where they are in their journey. You know, whether that's with their own creative exploration or just looking at their whole life, really. It's brilliant. I think, I think also like to add to that, like how you say the unknown, like it's also I was just I was just working. I was like from not even working, like you have to have this go get up and go. And for me it was like, okay, how many cups of tea do you like I just wanted to be there. I wanted to be yeah. there and I knew I wanted to achieve something. And I think it's that thing where like 
you just have to be willing to do what it takes as well. Like when you get into that space, if you're really serious, you have to go above and beyond. That's the one thing I learned anyway. Yes, yeah. I think that really that particular attitude is the thing that separates people that actually end up getting in versus the ones that want to. Because this industry takes your time. It takes your effort. It takes your energy. and But you have to be willing to be like, I'm going to go and get this. I'm going to do what it takes. Within reason, obviously look after yourself. And over time, it gets easier because you can own your hours and your days a little bit more once you rack up your experience and connections and stuff. But it's, um, I, I guess what I'm saying is I completely understand um, where you're coming from because I too was like, I need to get into the BBC building and I did. And then I, I too need to get into this and I'm going to just work those nights through and I'm going to just turn up to that gig and because I know there's going to be someone I need to meet there and say hello. And it makes such a big difference. Um, and my question that I had two questions that came off of what you just said. The first one is upon reflection, um, how do you, build trust with these artists in order for them to be able to say, yes, Nikita, I want you to come on board and help me with my vision. How do, how do you build Great question, that's by the really way. Good, that's something I've never thought about because, okay, I have three things that I'm really, like I always say to people, right? First of all, trust, right? So that comes with transparency. I feel like you have to be so transparent, like, so, me, I always say communication, trust, and transparency, right? They're the three things that I've like really build all my relationships on, especially like when you're working with people because their art is them. It's a part of them that you're working with. So I think building trust is like, you know what the thing with trust is? It's something that we know is so important, but we don't talk about enough because people's levels of trust are different, right? So I can trust someone wholeheartedly, but in another like in another situation, you you wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? But when you're working so closely with someone, you have to trust them. I think trust comes with time. I think you have levels of trust, and then you have to keep proving your trust. And that's it. Like I think for me, it's probably touch word by the grace of God. Like I've been really fortunate just to work with people who are aligned, and like I don't have to second guess. And yeah, I think it's about. You can tell a lot by a person by the way they, listen, the, I'm, the word I'm going to say is move, but it's not the word I'm looking for, right? But also by the company they keep and by what they've achieved, et cetera. And I think sometimes it's just that. And, you know, there's certain people where they work, walk into a room and they'll be like, oh my God, duh, 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 and there's just praises for them because I think there's a little bit of that, but I think it's also just whoever you're working with, you two, you, whether it's you two, you three, you four, you five, depending on your team, just being really locked in and it's something that takes time. It doesn't happen just like that. Like, you know, your trust could be like, let's say if you looked at, look at it at like levels, right? Level one, very basic trust. I trust you to help me with my career. Level two will be, I trust you to then speak to people on behalf of me to help my career. Level three could be, I trust you to then handle my business. So I think it just takes, it takes time and I think it's also like how you meet and how much you've been around that person. Um, and for me, I'm, I've been really conscious of when I work with people, um, just being like I said, those three things, transparency, honesty, communication are very, very important. Mm. 
to build on that, Mass, if you don't mind, how it. how do you um, how do you trust the artists that you're working with, right? Because this is a two way thing, right? Okay, you're you're representing them, you're managing them, but at the same time, I, I'm imagining that they must be worthy of your time and your investment. So, so what does it need for you to feel safe working with an artist? <laughs> For me, you just got to be in it 100%. You've got to work hard and you've got to be aligned. I think that's like, you know what, like the, the first thing is the music, right? Let's say it's the music or your talent, you know, so it's that. Then it's like getting to know, okay, how you work, are you going to deliver on things, etc. So for me, I think, look, there's been people I've worked with who who I didn't continue working with, right? Because just because we weren't aligned or I feel like the direction they want to go to isn't the direction I want to go in. And it's never bad. It's never ill like feelings or anything bad. It's just a case of, I'm really honest. I just feel like, look, I think I can't deliver on the things you want because you want to do them a certain way. And it'd be better for you to work with someone who can deliver your vision or we're not aligned on this. And I think it just takes time. So, I, you know, one thing I do, I always try and work with people before I even go to like, let's let's get pen to paper. Let's just work first because... Oh, right. So you like test out the working relationship before yeah, signing any contracts. Test, I think test sounds like so like, oh, like yeah. intense. But, but you feel through. You just yeah, kind of for me, I, just, I just feel like, how can you go and say, okay, I met you one day. Can we sign a paper tomorrow? <laughs> yes, true. If you're going to be working together for a long time and you're going to be you know, you're on the road, like you're traveling together, you're constantly going back and forth with each other. And especially when it comes to what I did this and I did that, and you should be able to have those um, conversations openly. And you don't know that until you've actually worked together in a certain capacity before mm. you formalize it. And for me, that's the best way to, that's my personal opinion. I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. There's people mm. who will probably be like, no, I'm it's not. what works for you. Yeah, for me, I think it's like, I want to know that if we're going to work, it's going to be, it's going to make sense yeah mm. okay i love that um because trust is a really big part of m my ethos and values and definitely on the pod um ruben aaron and i are constantly working on our um, chemistry and and for, we we feel like it's the heart of the podcast um and so yes i completely it resonates and also as a someone who is a um, director or I've worked creatively with different musicians there's also this respect that comes along with working with someone else's art and someone saying like this is what I've created this is my music can you help me take it to the next level or can you help me visualize it um, which leads me on to my next question which is over the years I have worked a lot outside of um, I didn't grow up really around lots of South Asian people. And now me exploring my own and celebrating my own um, roots and culture is by point of discovery and like ownership and agency. So what is it like for you being a South Asian woman working in, in and around the African continent, in and around Afro sounds? Um, and how are you like experiencing that? Um, really, really good question. You know what, like it's something that rarely comes up. I, I actually, you know what, that's a lie. I did a um, <laughs> panel with BBC Asian Network the other, the other week and it came up and this is all, this is my honest opinion. I don't, I feel really blessed because everyone's been 
most people have been really warm, amazing, like embracing it. And I never looked at it like, oh, I'm going into the sound. And it was all very organic and natural. But the thing is, is what I realized is that, look, I'm very proud of being South Asian. Like, you know, I love my identity. Like, you know, ask anyone, I'll be like, oh, have you tried it? Like, let's go for Indian food. And they'll be like, oh, that's all I eat. But I'm like, yeah, you should, you know, for me, it's about... Being South Asian is your DNA, it's a part of who you are, right? And I think what we do as humans sometimes is we try and separate ourselves, right? So you're this, you're that, and he's this, and she's that. But really on the most basic level, we're all humans. Why I'm in the scene that I'm working in is because I happen to enjoy the music and I was very fortunate enough that met with kind of ended up working with people that were in that space and they've all been embraced it they've been amazing I remember the first time I was going to Ghana it was like um it's gonna be like this I was like it's okay I've been to India I kind of already know what to expect but then people understand what you mean because I was like yes we get it like you know what I mean there's so many similarities so I think for me I never really look at it like oh I respect the cultures because there's so many different things you're learning all the time I'm very mindful and I also um just feel like I feel like it's a blessing because being South Asian, you connect with different parts of different communities that are like similar. So for me, I just look at it as a human point of view. Like, you know what, first and foremost, we're humans. We connect on a human level. What do you like? I like this music, da 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 But then also what is amazing when you're in the studio with, let's say somebody from Nigeria, who's an amazing artist, but also plays instrument. And then you're there watching like, um, Gwali songs with Abhi Sampa and you're like all both getting really excited about it and you're talking about the melodies and that's what I think the beauty is because the music brings people together and you know actually being from different backgrounds and different experiences and different cultures is if anything we learn about each other more and I think it makes it more exciting and like I said it's been really for me very fortunate really blessed and yeah I, I, that's the only way I can answer it I'm like trying to think of examples but they're the best ones i can give you when you're in the studio like oh what about this or you know for example guilty working with mia cadenza right that was an amazing moment because first of all mia you know being south asian and then to have a producer that you're working with from ghana who's an artist and a dj to then go in the studio and create something that's what I, that's the best way to summarize it you're actually bringing people together different communities you almas you probably see it all the time when you're djing and you just see like so many different people in the crowd and that's what it's about the human like humans being together and just celebrating each other yes oh it's a really beautiful summary um and sort of reflection of all of the work that you do um it's so yeah with music for sure i've I've come kind of quite like, um, not particular, I am particular about my sets in the sense that when I'm DJing, I'm thinking, well, I want to like audibly, um, connect and weave communities together. So then the crowds that come are people that also have a similar ear or viewpoint. So the people that are coming are people that also are like, actually, I want to expect to hear something that's, that comes from like Afro sounds into something that's like more Indo. And then we're going into like Latina and there's just like, this crossover and connection, which shows that we're actually all on similar rhythms. Um, and then you learn like, well, there's like an Asian type of a guitar, but there's actually like an African kind of guitar. And then you're looking and you're making all of these amazing connections. And then also 
politically speaking as well, I'm on the lookout in my life to find what Ruben calls people of the spirit. And so I'm looking for people, especially within the South Asian community, that share some of the same values because we have so many... Um, so many different versions of like colonial hangovers, but also then ingrained within our own um, heritage, there's just so much like casteism and classism and judgment and prejudice. And so as I'm navigating the world, I'm like, are you actually my kind of South Asian person that gets where I'm coming from and is coming from a respectful place and is coming from a curious place and wants to connect different cultures and um, essentially in this particular conversation is an anti-black that's a really big part mm. of when I'm looking for friends and colleagues. And so last year when we were in Ghana and uh, we were, I, it was just probably like 3 a.m. in, I cannot remember the name of the sandbox. Um, and I'm like walking through the crowd and we've now, so in Ghana, like the nights start late and you like club hop, right? Like you go from club to club to club until like 7 a.m. And you're probably also seeing the same people at all the different parties. There's this big club along the coast called Sandbox and it's got a big pool in the middle with like loads of tables. And then there's like levels to it. I think there's like loads of bars and things around. And then I'm walking through and I see Nikita and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Nikita. And there's like levels to it. One, there's like UK and growing up in the scene second it's like a shared love for afrobeats and mapiano everything in between that's come out of it um and then i'm like oh my god another south asian person that gets where like why i'm here and why you're here and for the love of the culture for the love of music and i was experiencing that joy on so many different levels i don't know about you no 100 it was i remember because i remember coming to see you dj as well at um Oh my gosh, they do really good food. And you're really? DJing. I remember you hung me, but I don't remember where we were. <laughs> you came and said hi. But yeah, really? like, I want to come and sit, like, you know what it's like? There's so many things happening, but for me, it's that thing of like, you know, that support, right? What you're saying, like, seeing that, that to me is like the most like amazing thing people can do. When I like, I never take for granted when someone shows up to an event or shares one of my artist's music or, you know, sends a message or just shows up. So I was like, no, you're DJing in Ghana. This is your first time in, like, you know. I'm oh, yeah, that pull-up. Yeah. <laughs> that was so nice. And I, and I remember then going to, so our friend Neela, Mahanila. I don't know if you know Neela. She's um, from India and Ghana. And so I went up to her and I was like, that's our other Indian friend. And we were, like, having just a moment of, like, this is so nice to find people that just understand, get it, are curious. And it's really special for me when I'm meeting people on the continent continent because I mean I grew up in Zambia and I I know my viewpoint and when I see more people that share it it just makes me feel like at ease and just like we have hope um because coming in the in the household that I grew up in and lots of different Asian people that I've met along the way they haven't as been as open and I can find that a bit of a struggle when people like us are like crossing over and similarly for Rubes Rubes you've you didn't necessarily grow up in a South Asian community either did you no no not at all man I, yeah again we talked about this in, in previous episodes it's like we go to where love lives for us right Re Definitely. regardless of what community that is like and just the, the black community in the uk have just shown me so much love and appreciation and have just you know what i mean not felt away um for and when i've just been 
in their lives and in their spaces. And it's just been so loving for me. Um, and so, yeah, I've naturally taken to to the culture and the culture is now, now a part of me. And so how I navigate the world, how I see the world, what I'm into, the style, the slang, maybe the ideas, everything um, is, I, I feel, I and I've said it again, I feel indebted, you know, I really, I really, really do. Like there is nothing taken for granted when it comes to experiencing different cultures. And, um, and I feel blessed because I'm able to bring all of that into in, into work I'm doing but at the same time you know just constantly certify them in, in the spaces and just constantly nod to to the communities that have made me who I am so yeah man I go to where love lives and if, if love lives there for me and it has I'll yeah I'll keep dipping in oh I love that <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Um, also, I've got, I've got another question, Nikki. Like your your energy, you seem to have a lot of energy generally, a lot of passion, and and you've been bouncing around the industry a lot. But but you mentioned there was a point you mentioned when during your radio career, where you weren't too sure whether or not you could grow in that space. So did you feel restricted in those spaces, or was there a particular moment, or was there a particular conversation that really made you decide? to think about jumping ship and going freelance. Okay. If you're happy to share. And yeah, no, I've spoken about it before. Um, and I think it's important to talk about these things because I think people go through things in different, and it's like how you tackle that and how you come out the other end, right? So, you know, things can make you or break you. So um, whilst I was working, um, I had someone senior to me um, who was just making life not so pleasant mm. at where I was working. I was getting comments like, I mean, Nikki, let's just do this, right? So I was, it was coming up to like, hey, you know, um, it's time to, you know, um, you know, I was on a salary at the time. Right? So I was like, oh, for me, I've achieved X, Y, Z and I'd really like to look at, you know, in, you know, how can I increase my pay, et cetera. Um, so the company I was working with at the time, because remember, like I said, it was like independent companies, et cetera. The, one of the, like the person who was senior to me made a comment, which was, if you wanted to earn more money or something, you should have become a doctor. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And also just yeah, it's that okay. context within the South Asian. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I kind of was like, okay, cool. Um, I let it go. and But then it was getting like more and more like, you know, it was just becoming a bit difficult. I just remember I was getting pulled into meetings left, right and centre. And, you know, um, it, it made me start, start not enjoying what I was doing as much. I was really blessed that when I was working with like, you know, I had people that I was working with like on the, you know, the music team who I'd see all the time when I'd go into like BBC, et cetera, you know, the staff, like the talent, they were all amazing. But I just remember I was like, I can't, it was just that point where I was like, okay, so one, that's not really nice to be around. And especially as someone who, is of the same gender and a little bit older. I was like, you, it doesn't make you feel comfortable. It, it made me learn a lesson where I was like, I really never want to make other women, but just in general, like the next generation coming through ever feel like that. 
So mm. that's what I try to take lessons from it. Um, just let's pause and, and take a minute for that because we can sometimes internalize those experiences and continue that energy. Yeah. And actually you were like, actually, this doesn't make me feel good. And instead of accepting that this is the way things are and that's just how people talk to each other or we're going to need to shit on each other to like go up the ladder, I'm going to make a promise to myself because I know that I'm going to be in a really powerful position moving forward and I'm going to make sure that I look after people coming into my space. And that's really big. That's not mm-hmm. an easy thing to step up to say because you're actually not only challenging internally that person but you're also challenging the beliefs that you're being taught um and how you're moving forward and how you're going to impact the rest the rest of your your career really so well done well yeah i think it's that thing of like at the time um you know what it is I think at the time I was just very much like taken aback right because I was just like oh you know so many great things had happened but then having someone you know who could actually support you and help you grow saying things that were earning more than I was when I was doing your job but that's not my issue like for me I'm like Mm. I want the next person to earn more what's the point of doing all this if we're just like setting everyone else keeping the same same system Yeah. yeah you know it got to a point where the commenting on the clothes I was wearing and yeah like honestly I'd go into the office or like it was just it just wasn't in hindsight it was not professional do you know what I mean and but I realized like you know what I thank god because at the end of the day it got me out of the situation it got me it got me to where I am now I loved working on the shows I met some amazing people and there's so many amazing people in the company as well but, and I got to work in one of the best like organizations when it comes to broadcasting, right? So th- those are the blessings, but I was just like, I don't, you know, what am I gonna do? Okay, I'm gonna get taken off these shows or play somewhere else. And having, having the, for me, having your future in somebody else's kind of hands who may feel a certain type of way for whatever reason, mm. um, just made me think I don't wanna do this anymore. So yeah, so when I was leaving, it wasn't like, oh, I got put, I was just like, okay, so what are my options, right? Okay, these are the roles that are there. This is what could happen, da, 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 da. But then at the same time, I'm doing all these other things. And that, it was that leap of faith where it was just that thing of like, you know what? I've built something outside, you know, I'm really fortunate and what's going to happen is going to happen. But you do have that doubt. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, as much as I say, I have, I have this thing on my phone that says, have no fear, but I know I, Everyone has a little bit of fear and doubt with humans. But yeah, that did cross my mind. But that experience was, um, it's weird because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm one of those people that I'm, like, I'm not going to cry. So I won't cry or anything. So I look like, oh, I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, you know how people can perceive if you're not being like, oh, but da, da, da. I was like, no, like I'm doing like, I don't know how to explain it. I don't want to go into it too much because I just feel like it's like not a positive thing to talk about. But it was an experience that kind of, made me move forward and go on into great things and i'm grateful for that and i think everything happens for a reason but i just remember my lesson from that was like i never want to be a woman like that to the next generation Mm. or to younger people or to anybody even older people like it was just a really big lesson and and it made me realize a lot and i just remember being like that was just in hindsight yeah it wasn't a nice situation could i have dealt with it differently i'm not sure maybe i should have gone and like I tried to have the like, is there an issue kind of conversation, but no, of course it's not. And then it's like, but you're making my, it's like in a professional environment, that stuff just shouldn't happen, but it did. But I'm grateful because now I'm here. 
you know what, Nikki? Uh, um, building on on Almas's comment, thank you so much for coming on the pod and being vulnerable enough to share that, because it's those moments, right? It's those really defining moments where we're grappling with ourselves and the story of ourselves because of external factors that we make certain decisions that shape the next phase of our life's journey. And it's, it is what Matt said, it's just so great to know in that moment, you honed in on your self-awareness, how you are feeling and how you might wanna pay that forward and not leave that as a negative legacy for the next generation to um, operate with. So that is the first thing I would say hats off on, without a shadow of a doubt. And the second thing is just generally on this pod and, and how we all are working towards existing and living in life, there is a negative, like, we don't see those, and I'm, I mean, Mass, correct me if I'm wrong here, but we don't see that stuff as negative. Hmm. It's real. And if anything, it's more important to talk about those those more uncomfortable things, those more awkward things generally in society and, and share those because that's what a lot of other people are going through. I reckon there's a lot of people that will be listening. And this is regardless of their industry, right? That have felt like that, have been in a position like that with senior management, especially. Um, and are probably going through it now. So to hear that you're going through it is already humanizing, which is a, mass, a massive help, you know? And the fact that you use that situation, you didn't stay in it, you used it as um, a springboard to launch yourself into the unknown and navigate different aspects of your career is excellent. And I, I don't think everyone has the courage, the confidence, the support, or even the resource to do that, but they can find it if, if they ask maybe the community um, for help. Do you know what I mean? And another thing, just a third point I want to land here. You, you said it's not being professional on her part and i and i totally agree but the more and more i navigate the industry and i grow up and i'm in therapy asking questions about myself the more i realize there's always crossover there is always this this bleed between prof professional and personal and i wonder if we can get into a place where that is that duality is held you know because the truth is someone should be acting professional but it's very highly likely if they're going through a lot in their personal mm -hmm. life, that's going to affect their general mood, their general decisions. And if a lot of people haven't done the work on themselves and they're not working on compassion towards other people, that's going to play out in their decisions. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some jealousy from this senior person in regard to you, your energy, your self-belief, having the, the courage to ask for a... Um, a promotion, you know what I mean? Having vision, all this kind of stuff where they might just be stuck and they don't feel they're, they're growing. There's all these odd comparisons that people do. Um, and I just think that's normal, you know? So well done for taking your initiative and getting yourself out of a situation that maybe weren't growth inducing for you. Yeah, I feel like, I, you know what? I don't assume like in high, like, like I said, like you said, it could be, I just yeah. don't want to assume it was this yeah. or that or just even that. me look don't get me wrong i i can if you see me on a show day or something like when it's hectic i might just be the most blunt person and i might yeah. but it's not being me being rude to you it's just the pressures <laughs> mm. I, like i'm literally so laser focused this needs to get done this needs to get done da, 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 da. anything else not my problem do you know what i mean yeah but, yeah, yeah so that's why i'm like oh i always just think you know what we have to give people like room to grace to yeah, Sorry. give people grace to be like, you know what, that was a time and you know, and everyone has other things going on. So but for me I just yeah. Yeah, I'm grateful, I learned from it. Um even me, I know I can be in certain times where I'm like, Oh 
when I'm really on like doing something, I'm just so to the point, but I'm like, there's ways that you talk to people and you don't talk to them in certain ways. Do you know what I mean? And when I say that, like talking about how the way they dress, the way they look or da, 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 and that comparison thing now, like that's not for me. But anyway, like I said, we're here now. And, you know, I got, I, like, I loved working with so many great, so many great talents once I did. Um, but now, even now I'm with amazing people and I want to met them if I didn't take that leap of faith. For sure. And the, and exactly to your point is that, yes, lots of people have things going on, but that doesn't mean that that gives some people a pass to project or to continue or to, or to try and like, it sounds like you're in a situation that was trying to make you shrink when actually like you should have been amplified because if it was me, I'd be like, well, this person's clearly an asset. Like, like let's get them like mm. wherever it is they need to go. But regardless of what I would think as your senior in this hypothetical <laughs> scenario, you are on your own path and you were defining and trailblazing and like pushing through those barriers, regardless of whether people around you were saying or doing things. So hats off to you. And now you're in this place where you're like, moving and jet setting and like managing and working and building those, those future um, lifetime relationships and stuff. And it sounds like you're super, super busy. Um, and I would love to know how a mogul like you manages their time and where you find time to like actually just pause and take a breath if you do. Um, <laughs> I'm forced to, I'll give you a real life example. What do you think? All the, like the the um, what is it? The unfiltered um, Nikita. But last, not was it last week or the week before? I was um, I went to go see my family, and I was at my aunt's house um, with my uncle and like my cousins, and I was just sitting there, and my, aunt, my auntie was like. And my auntie is like one of the hardest working people I know. Like she's all, she never sits down. She never sits down. I think she only sits down when she's exhausted, but I look up to her. So maybe, you know, you know, <laughs> I, I, <did> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember I was sitting there and she goes, you know, your problem is you just don't know how to relax. And I was like, mm, yeah, true. Maybe I don't. Cause I like, if I watch a show, I'll get inspired and I'll just pause it. And it takes me like three days to fix something, right? So I'll be like, oh, that was really cool. That's a really cool thing for da 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 and start creating new crazy. So, and that's why I can only watch horrors to switch off. Like I have to watch like, American horrors. <laughs> only movies. watch horrors? Yeah, it's like, that's, my, that's my downtime. That's my chill. Because then it's like, I can't be inspired by like American horror story because that's like... You're, ch you're chilling just watching murder. murder no, but, yeah, but the thing is, Ruth, you're one to chat. Because do you remember when I was at your house? I said, let's put on something <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> we then start watching a film about a man abducting children and keeping them in his basement. Oh I wanted oh, a great. chill time. Exactly. <laughs> I literally was traumatized for the next week. Yeah. It takes oh, me God. out. It takes I, me out of the world. I get you. I tell you now, Ryan Murphy is like, thank God, because I love everything he does. But then I'll just watch like, that's my own. Let me switch off. Um, but let me my, switch off and scare myself shitless. Yeah, no, I, mean, <laughs> I can't think about anything. It's like brown noise. You know, we can't think. Do you know what? Yeah. That's what I was thinking, Nikita. Maybe it's one of those things that grounds you into the present moment and doesn't let your mind wander because you're just there in the anticipation of the movie. Yeah, there's that. And I'm just like, I just can't be like all like blood and book and like inspire me. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's where I'm at. But, Try to get uninspired. <laughs> that's a compliment to the directors. But um, even things like, like I'm obsessed with Anthony Bourdain, as you can see. So like, you know, 
parts are known and like I'll yeah. walk, like yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. for me I love like you know may you rest in peace and but so my aunt was like okay you don't have to relax and then I think like I'd been at home for a couple of days and it, I hadn't seen my family for so long so I was like guys I'm gonna be a little bit off the radar like I just want to spend some time with family because I think family to me family is so important and um oh I, I was um saying that I was like oh I feel like a little bit like like you know she goes oh is that because you're relaxing and you're switched off and I was like oh yeah I don't know what this feels like and you know I sat there and watched like a movie with my cousin which I've not done in ages and you know the very few times I go to the cinema like I think last time I went was like last year but they're the types of things or I have you know going away but I don't think I truly ever switch off that's the thing but I don't I wouldn't have it any other way either because yeah then you're in a good place yeah. If you if you won't have it any other way, because imagine if you were on this speed that you were and you didn't like what you're doing, that is an awful life. <laughs> Do you know? Not honestly, like you're, you're living a life that that is creative, is expressive. You you you're on purpose. You're doing what you love, and so not having downtime there, okay, it's not as bad, is it? Well, this like, is just the, hating everything. The way I look at it is like I prayed for this. Like you know, mm-hmm. I really did pray to be here and like ha- you know be doing the things I love. So even in those moments when, you know, I can get a bit oh, a bit tired, I'm like, you know what, you prayed for this, you know, be grateful. And I'm really trying to practice gratitude because it's really easy in, in mm. what we do. And I, I, I don't know if you two yeah. will agree where you can just be like, you achieve one thing and then you're already thinking about the next and you're not taking the time to mm-hmm. be grateful for what you actually wanted. So, you know, was, I was talking to a friend this morning and they were saying, you know, don't forget to enjoy the process of things that you're doing. Cause you know, I'll be like, okay, what's next? Da-da-da-da. This has happened. Da-da-da. And it's that thing of like, what's next? What's next? Hence how I see at the start of the conversation, how I do my weeks. What's mm. happening on Tuesday? What's happening on Thursday? What's happening on Sunday? So, yeah. That brings us full circle beautifully, just as we approach an hour. And and you know what? We had a previous conversation, was it last week, um, before today's episode? And we kind of, do you remember I told you guys that I was listening to a podcast um, and it was talking about this same problem, like a lot of, uh, like gratitude in general. And the podcast was, was something along the lines of be easy on yourself because it's very hard to appreciate how far you've come. And it's actually very hard to maintain or sustain um, an ethos of gratitude. And I was like, what are you talking about? That was a really odd kind of framing. So I listened to the podcast and what it said, something along these lines, I'm going to paraphrase, obviously, but it said the human brain is designed to constantly scan for danger, right? So, because it wants to keep us safe. So all the time it's scanning for danger. If you've done a whole heap of things that are fine, it's not going to look at that and say, keep looking at the things that are fine because danger's coming. It's, it's constantly scanning for what's missing, what voids we need to fill and danger. So it's naturally part of the brain's, I guess, design to look for what's next mm. as opposed to look back and appreciate. So I think we all need to afford ourselves a little bit more grace on that and to actually get used to being grateful and looking back. I Personally, for me anyway, I have to schedule it in. Like if I don't have a gratitude practice in the morning or at least two or three times a week, I will miss the things mm. that I hear right now that are great. And I will miss the amount of things I've already done. <clears throat> so can we like hack ourselves to... Um, Maybe make that a habit because it's it's not easy to do. So I get you. 
and take and more then, of those moments for sure oh, yeah absolutely. man like my friend um when i was in new york earlier this year um a friend of mine um sent me this app and it's like a gratitude drop got jar and you're meant to put in like a you put in every day yeah. like i'm grateful i got the app at the start of august i've got two stars in there so rubbish at it I'm just so bad at that, yeah. but I just think I, I don't know. There's something in my brain where it's like just keep looking forward, keep looking forward. But you know, yeah. I, I do take those time, like those rare moments where I'm like, you know what, I'm very grateful for X, Y, Z, and you know, the like, you know, for always being protected. I say, I say to a certain degree because, like I said, anything in this life for me shall never pass me, and I've been so lucky with the people I work with who I've been blessed with, and you know, trying not to take that for even that for granted because all the other things are great, but it's the people that I actually get to be on this journey with and celebrate with and grow with that I'm even more grateful for because that's the most important thing. I think also, um, even though you might not use the app, it's a real joy to see when you share your work online. And that is also a form of, I think, like, taking stock or reflecting and being like actually like this project is like fucking sick and I'm really grateful to work with these people and that's the way that I receive it anyway when you're sharing stuff and so I there are probably other ways that you're doing it um and it's nice to see you doing it it's nice to see you sharing and to you know just celebrating because if we don't celebrate ourselves like Who's, who, what, how how do we celebrate ourselves we can't always like rely on the outside gaze to kind of validate what we're doing and mm. um although right now ruben and i are telling you that you're great and you're doing amazing so, <laughs> so te- receive that and take that um i have one question before we sort of start wrapping up and it is um actually no it's two, it's two questions if you weren't doing what you're doing right now what would you be doing yeah. and also um what are some of your goals for the future that aren't work-related? What if I wasn't doing what I was doing now, what would I do? Okay, you know what? I always joke and say, oh, just become a florist. There's so much joy. Like, I think I said this to you the other week. I was like, oh, I'll probably be a florist, you know, because how pretty is it to just, like, be with flowers all day and be happy and you're basically around joy? But the honest answer is I'd probably be working in non-profit sector um, within a charity sort of space or something. I, I don't know what it looks like, but I know it'd be something like that because when Global Poverty Project, which is now Global Citizen launched, I was part of the first rollout for the ambassador program. So that involved going to local communities, schools, universities, et cetera, et cetera and talking about how we can kind of eradicate poverty by changing some of the things we do. And there was like, um, I can't remember how many points it was exactly, but it was like, you know, how we send clothing to countries that just end up in heaps of piles and things like that. But actually what we can do is provide the tools and the knowledge for like people to make their own food or make their own clothes or basically be more self-sustainable and get out of poverty to a certain degree. And I loved that. That was something that brought me so much joy. And um, I remember when they launched the program, Hans Rosling was there and Bill Gates, etc. And that was something that I was just very passionate about. And then um, during lockdown, which feels like another lifetime ago, obviously there was um, the farmers protest in India 
and we were at home and I was like constantly watching it out. Like, you know, there were certain organizations that I was fortunate enough that I can pick up the phone to because of working with them previously or work that we've done on the client side, etc. And trying to come up with ways to kind of raise awareness or raise funds constant at the time clubhouse was going on, you know, and we just, I was so intertwined in it, but it made me realize that people who are full-time activists, I really think they're the, some of the most strongest people in the world because seeing and seeing, hearing, talking about things that are happening in different parts of the world that affect so many people. And this goes back to being grateful that like we're very fortunate it's a lot it's a lot like it's it takes a lot and i just feel like you know i'd love to work more within that space when time's permitted or in any way i can um but yeah i think it'd be something within that part of the world or like that part of like uh, it's i say non-profit but it's about being more, be more of an activist. So you know what I mean? Those things that really matter. And I think that's why I love what I do because if you can change lives, music changes lives, right? So for me, I think it's a bit, that's what I'd probably be doing. That's really sweet. I love that. Um, okay, that tells me a lot about yourself in terms of being community orientated and really wanting to impact um, through your work. So if you were gonna have some goals in your, no, what are your goals in your life that aren't career orientated? And these are real life ones. Real life ones. Uh, goals that are career orientated. I think for me, like one of the things that I really want to do is like, um, oh, I don't know if I really want this out in the public, but fine, let's just go there. I really want to, <laughs> like, I really want to open a vineyard, right? I really want my own vineyard, okay, for a number of reasons. Like, first of all, everyone likes wine. I actually like wine. I'm, about like oh what type of like the smell blah, blah. like when we go wine tasting I love it <laughs> you're like these are the high notes these are low notes yeah. <laughs> it's all music related as well yeah, yeah right. also have we noticed that it's just still a career thing but fine let's let's go with this <laughs> <laughs> when I say the vibe yeah it kind of is a career thing no but it? I don't want to stunt you I want to, let's go let's go I want to hear why and what, you know what, what inspires you I feel like you know, when you see like the vineyards are so picturesque and so beautiful. And I'm just like, imagine again, having somewhere where people come and it's once again, full of joy. There's a theme here. <laughs> and I was like, I want a vineyard that has like a little party kind of vibe to it. So for me, I've always been like, I really want to like have like my own vineyard. So that's one goal. And then personally, I think it's just to, you know what, just to be very, you know what, look back at everything that I've achieved and I'm I'm happy and full of joy and full of love and life. Do you know what I mean? That's I think that's the main goal. I think that's the main thing that we should want in life, like what I want in life anyway. So I always think about that. But yeah, I, I know I should say, oh, go hiking here and do this. But the truth is, yeah, I really want a vineyard. I want to let <laughs> There's things that I want to do. I'm like desperate to go skiing in January. I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, and all those types of things, but having like a vineyard would be really cool. I would certainly come to your vineyard. <laughs> I really oh would. God, I have like a whole idea, but I don't want to. I can't because like someone will plagiarize it. So I'm it's just okay. Saying. It's okay. We've got that's just the top line. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> wine in real life. I'll tell you my idea. <laughs> Let's do that. It's a date <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Nikita, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure and. 
the conversation has just gone like that. Um, but I feel like we've really explored different elements of where you've come from, where you're at right now, things that you're, you've been going through or you're going through. And it's really been, I don't know, for me, it's a really um, kind of reflective episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'd, really, I'd say the same thing, man. As I say, you two have got me to talk about things that I probably wouldn't really talk about. I'm always about, well, I'm, I'm like, um, what are they? You know, the um, 10, those do this, do that. Do, 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 do. Yeah, 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 You've got yeah. me out here talking about emotions and like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But we're like the human side, you know? Yeah. Like we can see the work we do because we put it out there in the world for the most part. But who are you as a human? Like what you're going through, where, where you, what you're thinking about. Love it. I've, yeah. I've really enjoyed it. We've, we've touched career, we've touched self. We've even got some really helpful practical tools for the listeners that might be navigating yes. industry um, crisis or whatever it is. Definitely. So, yeah, man. It's been a pleasure much, getting to know you more. Definitely. No, thank you. Like, yeah. like you guys putting a platform like this together is so important. I've seen what you've been doing with it. I think moments, conversations and anything that builds community and community goes out can be so many different things, like a space mm. for people to listen to conversations that they can relate to for you guys to have people open up to you guys and yeah what you're building is amazing so please keep doing it keep killing it and you know it's incredible yeah. to see oh thank you and we might do a live recording at the vineyard in the future surrounded this by is it and afro beat so oh my god actual dream like well one day we will back to back and one day we will i will be djing somewhere where you're at that's what we're going to do yeah shake a leg also shout out complexion for actually like complexion came on the show last year and was like you need to speak to my friend nikita <laughs> and so i'm so glad yeah 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 he was the one that i mean we already knew who you were and definitely we wanted to speak to you but he was just like you need to so oh, no. shout out complexion yeah he's he was shouting your name and yeah oh, solid guy solid guy he's um, amazing do you know what he always reminds me because I used to, okay, right, so this is my thing, like, I used to love reading comics, but I just don't get time now. And Complexion will be like, oh, He's God, such like, a big oh, Marvel fan. Yeah, and it's that thing of, like, oh, yeah, those things that I used to do. And, I, and it's just, I'll, I'll still go and buy them, but then I just collect them. Like, even now I've got them here to, like, prop up my laptop for them. So, <laughs> read them, really. <laughs> but, yeah, so, no, he's an amazing human. And even seeing what he's doing and how he's travelling. And I think that's the thing, like, I don't think we, maybe we don't get as much time to speak to each other. This goes across the board with so many people I know, but it's amazing to just go on the timeline and see like everyone doing incredible things like yourself traveling. What was it? Two weeks ago. <laughs> life, Like it's incredible. And I think that's the thing Like I always have this thing about posting that, like, do I want to be sharing? Do I want to be doing this? And then I realized it's like, no, like, because there's people that genuinely want to, I don't know. I love seeing highlights because you're seeing like, great humans do what they love and like be happy and i think that there's one person even if you only inspire one person that's amazing yes well keep on yeah. sharing keep on doing things like we want to see it and rubes always says this as well if we can help in any way then please shout us Bye, um, Bye, yeah 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 Oh. Thank you so much, Nikita. Yeah. <laughs> See you later, Take Nikita. care. Thank you. Monday. Bye. <laughs> what is this behavior? Wow, I really loved listening back to Nikita's perspective as someone who is proud of her roots and is helping other people express theirs. She understands and embraces the power of music 
and I'm inspired hearing her journey and urge you to believe in your own steps that are going to get you from A to B and beyond. I love the reminder to practice gratitude and the tip to test out working with someone before you sign anything. So many major keys. Thank you for locking into the What Is This Behaviour podcast. I'm proud to know that we're on episode 79. There's tons of episodes to listen back to. So head to whatisthisbehaviourpodcast.com and have a browse through the wealth of experience, connectivity and perspective that we've documented through being in conversation with South Asian people going against the grain. Thank you, Nikita, for being such an inspiring guest. This is Almas, and you've been listening to the What Is This Behaviour podcast. Like, follow, subscribe. What is this behaviour? Do you want it? You're dying for it.